0: Boston College had their chances, but they lose in the most brutal way possible. We're going to get into this game and talk about the ins and outs and also talk about what to learn from this 2021-2022 season. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Well, BC basketball season has come to a close on Thursday as they lost in overtime to Miami 7169. And again, this was a tough loss. And I'll just get into the, how the game ended, and we'll get into everything in between. So Boston College and Miami, they go back and forth for, you know, two halves and overtime. BC gets the – they get, they tie the game. They get the ball with uh, 30 seconds left. Makai Ashton-Langford tries to do a whole lot. He does not get the shot to fall. And with three seconds left, Miami uh, completes, I think it was like two or three passes. Bing, bing, bing. And they find a wide open uh, guy, I think his name Miller, underneath the, the, the net for an easy layup with no time remaining on the clock. Like – it was just a complete coverage breakdown if you go to bcbolton.com you can see the picture i put up of uh for the game and it's it, you can see Quinton Post being literally the closest guy and he's probably about 10 feet behind and all four other you can see in the background all four other eagles be- behind him and so that was it it was a, you know you don't want to see bc lose away win- in like like this because they had a chance to win they had multiple chances and and, and shout out to brevin galloway who um, after BC at the end of, uh, regulation uh, with like about 10, 20 seconds left, Miami had the ball, uh, you know, beforehand and they were going to, tr- they were trying to win it. And BC had some killer defense on that last, uh, that last, de- uh, defensive, uh, set for them. They were, they pressured, they were all over the ball handle and they double teamed them. They, they switched off and caused, uh, Miami just took a terrible shot and BC had the ball. With like two seconds left, and Brevin Galloway hooked it up from half court, and it looked like it was going to go in. It was right on target. It hit the rim like right where it was supposed to, but it bounced out. So you know, game of inches for basketball, and it, that's what it was. But you know, there, there were you know, in a game like this, BC battled again and again. That was what the theme was of this tournament. They battled. Miami took a lead. BC came back. BC would take a lead. Miami would come back, but BC would never give up. And that's exactly what you want to see. And we'll talk about that in our second segment about what you want to see out of the team. But I thought, you know, another good game. And it just, it just didn't end up the way you wanted it to end up. You know, they went to overtime just like they did against Wake Forest and they just couldn't, they couldn't close it out. I, I have to say, I was talking to Mitch Wolf who we have Mondays on Mitch. Um, they're coming out of the timeout sets, are some of my least favorite plays that Earl Grant calls up, and especially the ones near the end of the game. Because they're, you know, it seems like every time they do it, it's like have Mikai Ashton Langford hold the ball, ISO, try to get in. He can't do it, and it's a bad shot. I wish they did a little bit more passing to try to get the ball to Jaden Zachary or try to get it inside to post or, or Carnick, depending on who's in the game. It I, it just seems like they go always go with the, the with the the, the Langford brothers, which I know is part of their skill sets. But near the end of the games, as Mitch was telling me too, and I and I totally he said it was Makai against Wake Forest. I think it was Demar that did it um, in one game and Makai in the other. But a lot of like near the end of the game where they try to do too much, and that that ended up biting them a little bit. But all in all, like there was just a lot of like small things, but their offense was much more improved. Once BC stopped relying on trying to hit three-pointers all the time when they're not a three-point shooting team, voila, their offense opened up. And so you saw Quinton Post looking like Nikola Djokovic out there. Uh, you saw um, DeMar Langford again. Like, there was a point in that game where he was hitting everything. Uh, DeMar Langford is clearly going to be a star on this team, and he... If he builds off of what he did in this tournament, he's going to be special next year. And watch out for what he can do because um, he's just a facilitator in terms of like getting slashing and getting to the the bucket and making shots and making his own shots. He can do a lot, and you saw a lot of growth in him in that in that uh, postseason. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna look at this game and like, what did BC do wrong? Well, they were they weren't good at free throw shooting. They were five of eleven. Um, that was not good, and I and I'm not making excuses. But I have to wonder, though, you know, it's their third game and and a couple of days, but you know, their legs are probably not under them as much as you'd like them to be, and so a lot of times when you're doing that and you have to stand there and take a shot, sometimes your shots aren't as as uh, reliable as they have been in the past. So I wondered if that had a piece of it, but you know, no excuses, right? Um, I thought their they were much much improved over th- for, throughout the season. Uh, the one thing, and I'll get into Earl Grant in a little bit, but they're not a team that just turns over the ball willy-nilly. Like against like you when you saw what Joe Christian did last year, it felt like they were they were just a turnover machine. BC's much more um solid in terms of like not turning over the ball. So I thought that was an improvement. And um I loved watching. I just it, they were just a fun team to watch. And you know, this was a game that I thought they were going to win. I I went into this game thinking they were going to win because I thought Wake Forest was a better team that played them harder last time they played them. Um, And I thought Miami, um, you know, BC's had histories of beating Miami. And they were right in that. They were right in this game. And that's what stinks the most was this wasn't like a Duke game where you lose by 20 or 30 points. This was a game where they were tantalizingly close. And you know what, though? When you lose like this and you feel it, and I could see BC fans feeling it everywhere, that's when you know BC basketball is back. When you feel it and you go, "Oh, that one sucked." Or that stunk. That's when you know BC basketball is back. When you can feel real emotion. It's not that numb feeling that you've had over the last 15 years or so where it's just like, "Oh, they lost again. Ugh, whatever happened. This is BC basketball. It's worse. Whatever." You know, this was you felt the emotion. You could see it on Twitter. It wasn't the the, the the malaise, it wasn't the apathy anymore. It was we were there, we ha- BC had this and they still lost. That hurt. And that hurt is a spark. And that spark is what we're going to talk about in our second segment when I tell you about where Boston College basketball is going and why you have every reason to still feel that pain but also get really excited about getting back to basketball in another seven months but if you're like me i'm telling you right now i've given up on my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking my resolu- to my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them have you tried the puffs yet if you haven't you're missing out on one of the B- built bars best tasting treats they are a marshmallow that's infused with protein they're fluffy they're marshmallowy and they are so good you could try some of their specialty puff flavors like charro the coconut marshmallow banana cream pie—they're also good. I'm getting hungry just thinking about them right now. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, the puffs are too. Now they're low calorie, high protein, and you can replace a lot of your food with a built bar, and you're gonna feel good about yourself. Now go to built.com. You're gonna see their prote- their profiles of some of these bars. And you're gonna be your jaw is going to drop to the floor. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. And the best part, they are delicious. I eat one every single day around 2.30 to give me some energy and some nutrition to help me get through some of these long ACC tournament games. So when you're checking out Built uh, Built.com, excuse me, check out the flavors including mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, White chocolate cookies and cream—you gotta check them out. They got new flavors all the time, and you're gonna want to see what they come up with because you don't want to miss it. So head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black. We're talking about Miami 71-69 win over Boston College, and we're just ending it by talking about how it, there's an emotional feel to this game where for the first time in a while, fans were getting emotionally invested in Boston College basketball again. And as much as you wanted them to win and it stunk that they lost, you could feel that you were starting to get attached to these players again. And that's a positive thing. Like, people were starting to root for these players. People were starting to really get into it. And it wasn't just the crazy people that are just, like, into basketball no matter what. You saw some of those fans that had gone away, that had been kind of, ice, you know... Uh, shunned by basket, not shunned, but you know what I mean? Like they they just kind of moseyed away from BC basketball. They were starting to come back. And this was a team that was only, what, 14 and 19 heading into this game. And that is because of a few things. First of all, Earl Grant has done an excellent job of creating a culture there at Boston College. In his first year at BC, there is a, a, a philosophy, there is a culture, and he set that day one. When he walked in and he made that, proclamation that his team was going to be gritty not pretty he transformed that team throughout the year into that philosophy now i saw fans mocking that a lot when he did it i saw some of the older fans thinking it was stupid i saw someone call it immature which you know what look at it now that culture that's that catchphrase encompassed everything that happened this year from the the widely successful ACC schedule when you were not expected to win anything and they ended up winning six games plus two ACC tournament games. You had the ACC tournament. You saw an immediate improvement on defense where BC in 2020, 2021 was a complete disaster on defense. They were starting to play much, much better there. The points per game went down, I think about 10 points per game. They were better on turnovers. So this, and, and And it was always the hustle. It was always the hustle with this team. They never gave up. They always, from start to finish, would put their best effort in. You never saw them loafing around or making lazy passes or or anything like that. That's because Grant and his seniors and, and his upperclassmen set that standard, set that culture. And that is where Boston College is going to catapult into next year. And again, I am not saying I'm not on board yet of saying they're going to be a tournament team or should Boston College be a top four team in the ACC? Hold your horses on that one, right? I don't think BC, even when they were really good, you know, was ever going to be that good uh, right off the bat. They're going to take some time. It's going to take a little while, but I do expect them to continue to improve. And could BC be a fringe bubble team next year? Yes. Could they do what Wake Forest did last year? This year, excuse me. Yes. Could Wake Forest had a very similar game uh, uh sorry, very similar uh, record to what BC had this year. So, I think BC is setting up for some su- for some success and I loved what Grant has done with this team. The way that the players believe in doing all the little things, doing all the 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 you know, the hustle plays, diving for balls. Making sure that they're, you know, communicating on the floor that James Carnick and and the other seniors are the leaders out there to pep up the younger guys. They did all of that, and that was all in year one. And I think that is why Boston College is going to be so good next year. Why the fans are going to come back. Why you listening to this are probably listening to it to hear more about this basketball team because you believe in them now because you heard what they did, and saw them compete, saw them make your school proud again on the basketball court at the Barclays Center. You saw them take out a Wake Forest team that disrespected them. You saw one of their players say, F in Boston College on the the sideline, and you laugh because that is exactly what happened. Boston College took it to them. And that is why this program is going to continue to go too. Because as Grant does the things on the court, as he gets his guys to to buy into his system to do those little things on the court to to play at a level uh, that maybe is above what they expected to do you're going to see fans return too i imagine and i'm going to predict right off the bat that next year you're going to start seeing the students coming back you're going to start seeing more season ticket holders the conti Morgue is going to be gone it's going to be the conti forum again I re- I've told you on this, on this show before that I was there as a, as a grad student when the Craig Smith and Jared Dudley years were there. And I bought student tickets, and I was there every day. And Conti Forum was insane when I was there. They were sold out. They were always – the fans were crazy. The students were nuts. I'm not saying they're going to get there, but I'm going to say you're going to get more and more – you're not going to see empty, as many empty seats behind the, the backboards. You're going to see students start to say, you know what? I could go and go game, you know, play Call of Duty in my dorm room or hang out at my dorm room or I could go to the BC game where they're probably giving us free tickets anyways at this point. I'm going to go to that. And they're going to get more and more of that. And it's going to feed off of that. You're going to stop getting the stupid losses to Albany, the stupid losses to, you know, whoever Jim Christian lost to. You're going to see them play better. And then when they start winning some big ACC games, that is when things are going to go to a whole nother level. And I think that's going to start happening soon. So you know what? the The point of this conversation is that that hurt that you felt when BC lost to Miami, that is a real feeling and it does stink. And you hoping that that's a one time thing and that hopefully next year you'll have more to celebrate about. But on the other hand, you could flip it and, and reverse it and talk about how that feeling could really sh- is really showing you where this program is heading because it's alive again. It is a living breathing thing again. It's not a dead. We're not BC is no longer the joke of the ACC. BC is back. And this is fun and I'm so excited that you guys are all excited to talk about it and we'll get into more basketball over the next couple of weeks. In our final segment, it's news time and I'm going to finally give you the update on BC hockey. I joked about it last night and I'll get into why. And we'll get into everything else that happened over the last couple days. You're going to want to hear all of that. Now, it's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your Vegas, Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Hey, if you use BetOnline and you bet on BC every game in this tournament, you would have won every single time. So head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown, March 14th, right here on Locked On Boston College podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and batting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. So... We've been talking about the basketball game, but there's all sorts of sports going on. So it's important that we get into what's going on around campus. And there was a big game on Wednesday night that I didn't get to finish uh, because we had been recording. And that was Boston College Men's Hockey taking on UNH in the Hockey East Tournament. Now, Boston College heading into this tournament was down on their luck. They had a great... Uh, season series against UMass number nine UMass and swept the Minutemen the defending national champions last weekend to earn home ice advantage against UNH, which was big. They needed that home ice as they went up three to one against UNH. UNH stormed back but in overtime Boston College captain Mark McLaughlin hit the game winner uh, to, 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 to to send the Eagles to the next round. Now I had predicted all along. I said BC is starting to hit their stride at just the right time. Jack McBain is playing incredibly well for BC men's hockey, um, and and they you know even though they were the eight and nine seed, Boston College was playing at a much higher level the last week or so than UNH, especially especially once the Beijing Olympics were over. You knew that BC was getting all their stars back. They're going to play a little bit higher. I'm not still not saying they're not going to win the hockey, but they're playing better. Now, their level of difficulty spikes quite a bit as they now take on the number one team in the Hockey East, the Northeastern Huskies, and they have to play them at Matthews Arena. This is going to be a Saturday game, and it's going to be a Nessun Plus if if you're around the area. And I believe all all these games you could find um, on some of these special – Streaming services. I don't know exactly which one it was, but I know Hockey had one at one point. But uh, that's going to be a tough game for BC. You know, Northeastern plays them very well, especially Matthews Arena is a really tough place to play. So good luck to BC. That'll be a tough one for them on Saturday. Uh, now, many of you have been asking about women's lacrosse. Women's lacrosse had a game against number 11 Denver at home. Uh, sorry, on the road in Denver, Colorado. And BC won 9-5 to in three quarters, and the game was called after three quarters due to cold temperature. Uh, this was supposed to be a big matchup because it was a ranked team against BC, uh, but the game uh, got paused, and that was it, and so BC gets the win. They improved to 7-0. and They're 2-0 and in conference. They are steamrolling right now. They're the best team in the country, and they will continue to be when they play Yale on Sunday at the Fish House, It's closed to the public, so you cannot go to watch this game. Um, the next big game is coming up in a week, though. So on March 20th, BC heads—sorry, uh, they host UNC at Chestnut Hill. Um, this is a big game. UNC is very good and the game will be on ESPN and you so you will be able to watch it. So it'll be a big matchup for the women in that game. So check that out as well. For those of you that have been following along with men's base sorry, yeah, men's baseball. Baseball, baseball split a two-game series against South Carolina on yeah, South Carolina. I am all over the place right now. South Florida on Tuesday and Wednesday, they won 18 to 8 on Tuesday and lost 11 8 on Wednesday. Um, starting to get a little worried about BC's pitching staff. I know that they shut out North Florida last week, but listen to the last three games they've played. They let up 17 runs, 8 runs, and 11 runs. Uh, when you're playing Miami next, hey, BC and Miami again, um, you're going to really want to see that your pitching staff is pitching a little better than that because Miami is 9-3. and three. Uh, they are battle tested. They've already played Florida a handful of times. They, you know, played FAU, FAU. Uh, they're a good team and they BC has a three game set against them. So uh, if BC's pitching continues to struggle, it's gonna be a long series because Miami can hit. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But this is where we're gonna wrap up today's episode. It's been a fascinating and fun week. I mean When's the last time that we've had here uh, a week where it's just been kind of dedicated to basketball, and rightfully so, because they earned it. I mean, usually I get into football and all sorts of stuff, but football's off. They'll be back next week as uh, spring practices resume. Uh, But basketball really has been the dominant force. And on Monday, we're going to find out, or Sunday, excuse me, we're going to find out about women's basketball, who's going to find out if they're going to the tournament or not. They're on the outside looking in, I think, on the bubble uh BC men's basketball their season's on. I know people have been asking if there's like the CBI or the C you know the NIT. They're not. They're not there. You know, teams that are like I mean look at like some of the bubble teams for for the tournament, right? Wake Forest is 25 and 9 and they could be in the NIT. So BC is not even close. The season's over. Um so uh that that's that and then we'll we'll talk about uh, the women's basketball tournament, see if they get in there. We'll have Mitch back on, and he'll have more to talk about the Combine and the NFL draft stuff. You're going to want to check all that out. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Just look up Locked On Boston College. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, and make sure you subscribe or like our Facebook page for uh, BC Bulletin and on Twitter, find me at AJBlack_BC. underscore BC. Have a great weekend, everyone, and I hope to see you here again on Monday for our new episode. Take care.